Isn't that a, is that a song? Is that a song? <laughs> is that like a Bobby Brown song? Uh, I don't know. There's my boyfriend's back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm back. Uh, the the nice... boys are back in town. Yeah, that, that's a good one. That's a classic. <laughs> the boys are back in town. That's the one. How you but doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, had a nice Thanksgiving vacation with the, with the fam. You seem recharged. I don't know. We walked a lot. We did the whole yeah. resort parks. The, in a southern climate. In a southern in a in a south, sunny south, a, a south sunny eastern. a sunny climate where you're getting lots of vitamin D, getting lots of sun. My watch says that I walked 37 miles over the week. Sounds like your watch is watching you. It is. It's, <laughs> it's tracking me. It's telling me when to breathe. It's telling me when to stand up. It's called luxury surveillance. Yeah, we pay to be surveilled by the state. Yeah, uh, a friend of mine sent a really good article on that a while back. I'll have to see if I can find it. If you podcast listeners want to have a look at that article, it was pretty, pretty interesting, pretty thought provoking how you've got this two tiered society and at the top of it, a lot of people love the surveillance. They want to pay for the surveillance. They want to have all the, all the bells and whistles. Not only do we have our phones, our smartphones that track us, We've got the watches, but we've also got devices in our homes that are listening to everything we say in our homes, and we buy those and we well, give those, them to those each other. Those are like the Alexas or the uh, yeah the the Google 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 Home. What do they call them? Apple Home, Alexa. Yeah, is the Amazon one. There was a funny. It might still be out there somewhere on YouTube. But when the Alexa first came out, there was a, a video someone made that said. You know, Alexa, do you work for the CIA? And, right. and it just went quiet. Like, <laughs> and then uh, Amazon updated it. Alexa, do you work for the CIA? No, I am. I work for Amazon. <laughs> Does Amazon work for the CIA? Apparently, it was getting. <laughs> anyway, we maybe we'll try to dig that up and and link to it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Uh, yeah, it was good. I- <laughs> We've got a big family and lots of people are, that live around, so uh, we all, we'll have multiple dinners. And yeah. we finally wrapped up last night with the last iteration. And so, yeah, it's a little bit of a it's not a it's not a significant vacation. It was a lot of Thanksgiving act- can be a lot of work. Yeah, it was a lot of work this time around, but that's okay. It was good. It was fun. Yeah, I got to get some listener feedback. There are a few members of my family that are still listening to the Mind Virus show find us on the web at mindvirus.show or on your favorite podcast aggregator we do love to see comments on the site although it seems the more i ask for comments the less comments we're getting <laughs> so i did get some i did get some listener comments via Shout text or to rob for filling in last week yeah thanks rob that was a fun episode i listened to it um while i was on my trip cool any well let's get to that in a second uh, 
Well, let's get to that first, I guess, rather than break continuity here. Any thoughts on the whole conversation? Uh, no, I know not, not too much. It was just, I enjoyed listening to it. And, and I think, you know, I'm looking at the website right now and so we didn't really have a lot of references. No, but the one you made is important because uh, as we've said here before, and others have pointed out, if you want to know what, <clears throat> what the oligarchy or the parasite class is doing, just listen to them. They tell us what they're doing. Right. And I think we're going to get into more of that later, but how about some, let's, I want to hear your listener feedback. Well, just, there was just a couple of things said about that. One, one friend said, I listened to the first 20 minutes. This is the guy who's a cybersecurity expert. He's also our Russian language expert Mm -hmm. that likes to critique us on when we say Solzhenitsyn, Solzhenitsyn or something like that. Solzhenitsyn. Yeah, the Z T, the Z is the Solstenitsen. Right. He said, "I listened to the first twenty minutes of this week's podcast just long enough to hear you refer to a friend who's been doing cybersecurity for a long time." I'm certainly not a proponent of cybersecurity degrees. There's a large number of people chasing money in this quote hot field, getting a, a degree in cybersecurity, but. It's not a sufficient foundation in IT to be widely useful. To me, it doesn't make sense to specialize in something like cybersecurity before learning the basics. You can't very well secure what you don't know very well. <laughs> so, uh, since, yeah, thanks for, thanks for commenting. But now you're making me do all the work, buddy. I got to repeat it on the podcast rather than everybody gets to see it on the website. No, this is great. I love to get the feedback. Uh, I think he makes a good point. Uh, we we were talking about cybersecurity because uh, Rob had gotten a cybersecurity degree. And by the way, Rob is an exceptionally smart individual and uh, knows a lot about a lot of subjects. So that's why I, I brought up the idea that I think he is a genuine polymath, uh, somebody who studies and is knowledgeable about... Uh, I couldn't even do regular math. Right. <laughs> Yeah, we we went through the whole etymology of the words, uh, you know, polyglot, polymath, and uh, yeah. So I think he's I think he's a pretty um, smart fellow. I think he'd make a good cybersecurity expert if he wanted to be that. And Rob actually has Rob actually has done a great deal of research into alternative theories of electricity and energy and physics. And I'd love to have him back on the show. He said he was willing to come back on. So it'd be fun to have like a three-way conversation, a triangle. Yeah. Uh, a panel? We could get a panel going. With the three of us? Or do we need more people? We could get like 10 or 12 people. We could get a Q&A going on. A face-to-face get like Q&A. like su- subject matter experts. But w- scripted, pre-approved, scripted, pre-approved questions only. questions only. Right. And we'll end with thanking the people in charge for making it rain, for making that rain available. Billion, Keep up the good work. Billion dollar rain. Yeah. So anyway, thanks, thanks Rob. Uh, yeah, he, he's a pretty smart guy, and I appreciate his comments. One of, the, one of the comments I got from another friend, family member, slash whatever, was that he thought last week's episode was just more of a teaser. He was upset that we didn't go longer, like we only scratched the surface. And I kind of felt like that a little bit too. Like we were finally getting somewhere, and then we were de- derailed by one of Rob's family members. He had to go take care of something, and they knocked at the door, and 
The well, podcast well, was over just in an instant. A, it was a part over. Part two with Rob. Yeah, we could have like. a part two. He's a he's a great libertarian thinker. Rob, if you're out there listening, I wonder if you are. Um, the questions on the comments on private property. The idea is: is there any other type of property other than private property? Right. And how should we be looking at property in this world, physical things? And how does that relate to our society and, you know, how people interact? And so I tend to agree that private, private property is of significant importance and people ought to be able to own and control property. And this came up, I think, relative to the idea that is your body your property or is it the property of the state? And um i i saw a sign one time his his comments reminded me of seeing this sign <clears throat> and i i'm trying to remember where it was like it was hanging on a chain link fence at a power plant or a rail yard somewhere it was kind of out in the middle of nowhere and the sign said no trespassing government property right and i was like isn't that our property well i'm isn't yeah, and and I just always found that kind of <laughs> funny, but also... Well, that was the whole thing with the January 6th right. quote-unquote riot, was that these people were unlawfully on public property. Mm-hmm. They, were, <clears throat> they were people in the people's house, but not the right people. <laughs> Apparently it was the House of Lords, not the House of Commons. Right. Uh. Well, that, that's the, a, that's a big question because the shaman, Rob, by the way, the shaman, you know, the 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 guy with the hat, the, guy? El, the the bull horns, the the yeah. hat with the horns on it, was that guy was sentenced to something like forty months in prison, right? Yeah, he was literally for disrupting a federal proceeding or something. He was literally escorted into the chamber by the Capitol Police. There's videos of them leading him, guiding him to it, escorting right. him and giving him permission to be there. Right. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe they all testified that they didn't do that or something. I don't think anybody testified to anything. I think they just said, you're going to go to the clink for well, two what, years. Well, what's amazing about that whole episode is you have people who, who, people who were simply trespassing, theoretically, on, pro- on public property. Trespassing on public property. That sounds like a non- a contradiction of terms, but you have people who that was their only crime that are being held without bail in Washington, D.C. for, you know, and held without a trial. I mean, the right to a speedy trial, the right to uh, due process of law, that's all out the window. This is, this is amazing. They're political and prisoners. Am- this is an amazing miscarriage of justice this is go- that's going on out there in Washington, D.C. right now. And, you know, you don't hear hardly anything about it. And then there was uh, the potential for a rally to try and bring attention to the problem. And some of the main personalities on the right, let's say said, ah, don't go to it. It's all going to be a big, uh, trap, trap, a honeypot. Yeah. That's where that photo came from of those feds fed boys together. Yeah. Yeah, That, yeah. So the, the result, so the question is, was it going to be a trap? I mean, I don't know. The the result of January sixth is that the quote unquote right, you know, the conservative right, the Republican right, whatever you want to call it, can never have another political rally again. Right. Because anytime they do, there'll be agitators or it'll be framed certain ways. 
to become, you know, Insurrection 2.0 or whatever. And right. so the, the, it was it was a brilliant setup. Right. January 6th was a brilliant setup for the oligarchy, for the, for the deep state, for yeah. whatever you want to call them. Secret combination, Satanists, Are statists. they secret anymore? The combination, the <laughs> oligarchy. Well, and now it turns out that you can run an SUV through a Christmas parade and kill a bunch of grandmothers and children, and two-thirds of the corporate news media will protect you. Yeah, the car will a, get the blame. an SUV gets the blame. The Washington Post said, caused by a car. Zero mention of the guy's copious hate speech on Twitter and Facebook or wherever, social media. Right. That is well documented. Zero mention of it. This guy was an anti-white Speaking criminal. Zero mention. Today's Monday, November 29th. Uh, today is the start of the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, which we will is not it Ghislaine, hear. Ghislaine, you're Who? the pronunciator, and I don't know, yeah. honestly. I've heard it said both ways. I don't think anybody really knows, but she is allegedly, apparently, going... Allegedly, know, her, her she's going to go on her trial. It starts today, but... It's not going to be televised. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow. It's COVID. Long COVID. It's not going to be. It's not going to be televised. The mainstream press isn't going to cover it much. Is it possible you have contracted the former, the variant formerly known as new, formerly known as Xi, currently known as Omicron? Probably not. Hopefully, that sounds like the best one to get. Well, our friend, our. Russian-speaking friend also said, one of the first things that came to mind after seeing a reference to the COVID Omicron variant is that it's an anagram for moronic. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that going around. <laughs> oh, man. They, they really are trying to just reset, you know, greatly reset this whole, this whole scare tactic. <clears throat> it was interesting, you know, being at the airport. It's the first time I've been at an airport and flown since since all this and it's all very theatrical and very threatening they they claim it's a federal law that you have to wear a mask on the airplane i don't think it's a law i think it's a rule Mm -hmm. an faa created rule has nothing to do with law there was no as far as i know (coughs) there was no congressional debate with a bill or any you know all of that i'm a bill but um it's all very theatrical and, and threatening. You know, they, they basically threaten you that you'll be punished if you don't wear your mask properly at all times. And the, the enforcement of it kind of depends on your flight crew. But the theater, you know, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Fortunately, the Greek alphabet only has 24 letters and we're past the middle. So you've got alpha, beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, zeta, eta, theta, iota, kappa, lambda, munu, xi, and they skipped xi or z. Because out of deference for the prime minister or the premier of, actually, we should call him emperor for life of China, <coughs> who is known as Z or Xi, X-I. Right. And now we're on Omicron. And uh, after that, we've got P, Rho, Sigma, Tau, Upsilon, Phi, Keep, C, and Omega. So we're, we're nearing the end of the Greek alphabet. Hopefully that means they got a lot of mileage out of Delta. Are they right? going to, are they going to be doing alpha alphas next <laughs> beta betas? 
I, it's yeah. getting to be absurd. I mean, we're we're almost two years into this, right? Come spring, it will be two years. Well, and yeah. And if being, you think they're going to let up, I think you're sorely mistaken. And you know, they're pushing boosters on these leaky, ineffective vaccines. And I think at this point, the people getting boosted are brainwashed. The other quote unquote fully vaxxed, I think, have got to be feeling ripped off by now, right? Well, and if so you're a soccer, gonna, if you're a soccer player, you got to be feeling ripped off. <laughs> well, yeah, soccer All players these guys are collapsing. collapsing. It's odd that it's a lot of people in the European soccer leagues, but it's not. There's athletes all over, <clears throat> all over the world that are having problems, including we we touched on one here locally, uh, BYU basketball player. So anyway. What do you want to talk about today? Well, we got Jordan? some more. We got some more listener feedback. Um, one of the listeners wanted to point out that your Cuomo enforcer voice is not really Italian. It sounds like I might be pronouncing this wrong. Watto or Watu on Phantom Menace Star Wars. Oh. The guy, the, the guy. boss, the boss guy. That he took, sells Anakin to the Quagon. Yeah. For a small wager of a pod, pod racer race result. Something like that. What would you agree, Watto? <laughs> <laughs> but wasn't at the time, didn't, didn't Star Wars get some criticism for him being a stereotypical kind of Italian, Italian <laughs> Jewish... I don't know. They got a bunch of criticism for Jar Jar. Mesa, Mesa's so offended. Anyway, yeah, well, you know, I, I never claimed that it was an accurate depiction of. Uh, <laughs> is it true? Andrew is it Cuomo. true that the Star Wars wiki is actually referred to as a Wikipedia? Well, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that was one comment. This this same fellow uh, has a a job that was considering, you know, forcing the vaccine and he, they started to bug him about it and he brought it up. He's like, well, no, there's a court case holding up OSHA. And by the way, and he pointed me to a KSL article that the state of Utah actually has legislation passed through the House and the Senate. I'm not sure if it's signed, but forbidding discrimination against people who don't want to get vaccinated, requiring exemptions and uh, basically saying, don't ask, don't tell. Right. You know, have you seen any of that? A little bit, yeah. He yeah. pointed that out and he was told, because see, the, he pointed that out to the HR people just quietly and then heard through his boss that he shouldn't be politically. He needs to be careful about being political. Uh, that's not being political. That's, that's pointing protecting out a, your, Protecting a your body that's, is... It's <laughs> also protecting yourself and your own autonomy. Yeah, try, trying to keep, your, keep yourself alive and not collapsing on the soccer pitch. This guy has, actually has some soccer experience. I'm guessing he was pretty good in the day. Well, and that, that kind of... There's a guy named Mark E. Jeftovich. Jeftovich? I thought you were going to say Mark E. Peterson, but keep going. There was a guy named Mark E. Peterson. <laughs> He's long dead, but... Mark E. Jeftovich, at least that's his article, his pen name. He writes at a website called bombthrower.com. Yeah. And he wrote an article and he, he, he's, he, you know, you're talking about our body autonomy. He stages or, or poses the question, how do they get our souls? Because that's what they're after. Ultimately, how do they get our souls? This, this is a good, uh, this is a good thing to talk about today. I think uh, 
You'd like to get to the meat of the issue right now, right? The meat of the podcast. I like meat. Because I did want to <laughs> point out one more thing before we go there. Go ahead. The Swiss had a referendum on vaccine mandates mm-hmm. or the vaccine passport, and they it, the freedom lost 62 to 38, I guess. Guys, it nope. is not moral. There, there is no level of majority, not a super majority, not a simple majority that makes it moral for them to take over your body or yeah. to keep you from being able to earn a living because you don't want them to invade your body. There's massive pushback against this all over the world what, that isn't getting covered. A, a lot of people are telling, a lot of people are saying, oh, look, that was a massive win for the anti, for the vax crowd, right? For the anti-freedom crowd. That was a big, that's a big statement against the, the people that don't want to be vaxxed. No, I would say that's a huge statement for freedom. 38% of the people stood up and, and voiced uh, disagreement with the government mm-hmm. in spite of all the additional carrots that they threw into that bill. That means, that means just, just imagine six wolves and four sheep voting on what's for dinner. That's what it was. Right, right. <clears throat> and so how do they get your soul? Well, how did they get, how did they get that 62% of the people? How did they... Because well, I can't imagine really... Like when, when we boil it down to reality, like, you know, you... So, so here, here's six of you people. <coughs> You're basically saying these people can't exist because at what point... Sure, right now, right now it's they can't go to bars and restaurants and do certain things, but pretty soon they won't be able to buy food. So here's a gun, six people. You shoot these four people. I mean, that's where we're, we're, yeah, closing, we're closing in on that point. I think it was the mayor of New York. Um, you got a... What's you, his name? Mario Andretti Cuomo? No, no, no. Mario no. the plumber. The, the mayor of New York City. Oh, Mar- Mario de Blasio. De Blasio, who, by the way, changed his name. His real name is not de Blasio. His it's, real name is Wilhelm, but he wanted something that sounded more exotic, so he changed it to de Blasio. You've got to be kidding me. No, nah, you can <laughs> type it up. But I think it was him that said recently that we know mandates work because people are getting the shots. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know what else works? Armed robbery. <laughs> right. Armed robbery is really right. effective, which, by the way, uh, I got to give, give credit to these, uh, these, uh, these, uh, these robberies, these uh, uh, flash mob robbers. The, the, like, you got to give them credit. Why didn't they think about that sooner? You could now walk in with 50 other people into a store. Everybody steals something. They can't catch everybody. In fact, they're not catching anybody. It's, it's, it's pretty effective. And it's also a sign of the times that law enforcement in a lot of parts of the country are just helpless. Well, they're being castrated, neutered. Right. They're being handcuffed. Warren Wilhelm Jr. Yeah. Did not grow up in New York City. His parents drove from their home in Norwalk, Connecticut to Manhattan's doctor's hospital for his birth. He is the third son of Maria Angela and Warren Wilhelm, Kaiser Wilhelm. And he changed his name to Warren de Blasio Wilhelm in 1983 and then to Bill de Blasio in 2001 according to Wikipedia, to honor his maternal family, 
and reflect his alienation from his father. Mm-hmm. I guess Maria Angela was born a de Blasio. Whatever. <coughs> Came from the Italian city of Sant'Agata de Gotti. So he is related to John Gotti, apparently. <laughs> Perhaps his uh, well, they illegitimate act, son. They um, act alike. <laughs> You heard it here first on the Mind Virus (laughs) show. Okay. But this is a battle for our souls. Yes, it is a battle for our souls. And how did they they get those six out of ten people? Oh, by the way, speaking of name changes, Zero Hedge says NBA player and activist Ennis Cantor will change his name to Ennis Cantor Freedom Mm -hmm. and become a U.S. citizen. Yeah, yeah, Cantor played for the Jazz. I actually met him once. Yeah, and played ping pong with him, but um, he was. You really, played ping pong. He was very competitive. Did he have a big reach? Like you have a hard time getting he, it off the side. I the thought table. we were just kind of like you know. <laughs> oh, he got going. And he got really competitive, so I had to up my game. But how did who won? I don't actually remember. I don't. <laughs> how, how did this? How did this ping pong game? There was like a meet the team thing. You could go and mingle with them and yeah, shoot like the little double shot basketball. Oh, against ping an NBA pong, player, stuff like that, and. Yeah, and he, he was nice. He was out, outgoing, posed for some photos. But he's, been, he's from Turkey. He's been very outspoken for years about what's happening in Turkey. I think he's... He got in I, trouble I with his, the China thing, didn't he? I think his Turkish passport has been revoked. He, he recently made fun of LeBron James by wearing shoes that, that depicted Z, Emperor Z, putting a crown on LeBron James' <laughs> head when they played against the Lakers. Um, he called China's leader Xi... Z, uh, Jinping, a brutal dictator, a quote-unquote brutal dictator leading to the Celtics game being pulled from the Chinese media. He has shoes, has worn shoes with, with the statement free Tibet on them. This is all, yeah, this is pretty, pretty awesome. Right. Apparently they haven't sucked Eric Cantor's soul yet. Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor, excuse me. Yeah, not yet. We haven't anglicized his name Ennis yet into Eric either. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> but you keep asking, how do they get that six out of ten people? Well, just look locally. Look at your Stop neighbors. organ harvesting in China. <laughs> he's wearing yeah. shoes. Yeah, he's he's been very outspoken against some... That's hot topic. That's I guess pretty good. Say. I mean, that, knowing how anti-freedom uh, and and how vindictive and and uh, how long of a reach the communist Chinese have, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, so so how do they get the souls? Sorry, I'm feeling quite tangential today. You remember Ron Artest? He changed his name to Meta World Peace. Did he? Yeah, played the last few years of his MBA career meta. as Meta, M-E-T-A, Meta World Peace. Okay, so Meta factors heavily into this discussion because Facebook just changed their name to Meta. They did. Facebook they is did. A, a legal fiction, a non-entity entity. Their Android-in-chief, Mark Zupper, Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, has been in the press a lot, toting this, touting this name and along with their new product, the Metaverse. Are they calling it the Metaverse? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, so that, com- that doesn't come from Facebook, though, right? They didn't invent the term. Where's the term come from? My understanding, and based on what I've read, is that it, comes, it was originally, or at least credited, with being coined in the novel Snow Crash, which I've not read, but it's been on my list. Yeah. 
Literally, so, I have a wish list. I think it's on there. But <laughs> um, this is about a, a future world with uh, false reality. Like, a, is it like a Ready Player One reality? Kind of. It sounds like I, I have read and seen the movie Ready Player One. I've not seen Ready Player or read Ready Player Two, which I heard was not nearly as good. Because it's the second it. place player. I have that book. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we we both read over the last week articles about the metaverse. I wouldn't say that I'm really well informed on it. I wasn't aware that Facebook, MetaBook, FakeBook had uh, decided they were going to launch new products called the metaverse or change their name to the metaverse. <laughs> Um, they're called Meta, and then they've got this Metaverse. We, we know they're pushing the Oculus Rift. Is it Oculus Rift, or, or do something they have their like own goggles? That. I think they're they're pushing virtual reality goggles. They call them something, but anyway, this whole th- this whole thing has to do with false reality, like a a, a voluntary Matrix style, Ready Player One style world, or augmented reality. You've got AI, artificial intelligence. You got AR, augmented reality. Yeah, you've Apple, got VR, virtual Apple is reality. Making noise about saying that. The, the the new or the future iterations of the iPhone will be much heavier. Uh, augmented reality? Based on augmented reality. So we, we both read a, a significant bit about this. We'll link to some of those articles, but I wouldn't call myself an expert on uh, at least the, the more recent happenings. I mean, I know a lot about the subject, I think, but... What what how they're branding it as as well, about, it seems to be hitting the the streets right now. <coughs> I apologize for this hacking cough. It's my annual November <coughs> dry hack. <laughs> I think I'm probably getting it from Rob, who used this microphone last week. So maybe Rob wasn't coughing. Did you disinfect this though? He talked to this microphone, right? Rob's a little worried about COVID. He uh, was wearing a full biohazmat suit sitting across the table from me. Good on him. Good on him. Yeah, and he wouldn't shake my hand. He should wear a bio. It was a six-foot table. You know, you don't need a bio hazmat suit with Jordan. You need an intellectual hazmat suit to, be, to because protect of your spittle, mind. the spittle. Protect your mind from his dangerous conspiracy <laughs> dangerous theories. Dangerous conspiracy theories and lies and misinformation. But no, the, actually, Rob told me, yeah, he's, he's vehemently opposed to the craziness and it doesn't, you know, he's concerned about the vaccine, meaning doesn't want to get it. These articles got me thinking about the whole context, the whole big picture of what we've been experiencing the last few years. And I think the COVID mania, the, the, the psychosis, the, uh, the, uh, hypno, the hyptosis, hypnosis that's been the hyptosis, hyptosis, (laughs) new word. The hypnosis that that seems to have captured everybody is is not new, right? It's but think about the big picture here is this idea that they want us isolated. They want us dependent on certain sources of information, single sources of truth. They want us wary and suspicious of one another. That's part of the isolation. They want us afraid, and they don't. What they don't want is for us to be <coughs> conversing together. Remember, Canada. Someone in Canada, some government lackey. You know, don't talk to your don't neighbors. Don't talk to your neighbors. It, they want could... us in a pod. 
Yeah, and, this... and our homes right now are those pods, and they want us to experience the world virtually. Think about this. There, there was, in one of these articles, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but there was somebody, CEO of one of these, these goggle companies called Magic Leap. <clears throat> Magic Leap. She's a woman. What was her name? Um, Cruella DeVille, I think. She said, like, she, she imagines this future where people are holding worship services. I don't know why she chose worship services, but where people are, are going to church using the magic leap. And I was like, well, that's already happening. For the last year, we've been watching church on Zoom and YouTube streams Some, virtually. Sometimes this happens. They're able to get the, the reality out, and then, and then they announce it later. Like, you know, the whole 9-11 surveillance thing that was announced after the fact and we found out that congress had been doing it for a long time yeah the patriot act came out of nowhere in like five days or something right yeah it was, was already the story it was already written and on it was already shelf. written joe biden brags about having been the author of it right so uh magic leaps ceo's name is peggy johnson and she came over from microsoft <laughs> just cough it out just just, <laughs> just go. Yeah, just get it out. Ex- it's this, you know, they rebranded post na- nasal drip as COVID. No, they gave it something else to sound better, but less nerdy. That's what I have. Okay, and probably COVID. Well, sorry about the. <laughs> sorry about the. Maybe I'll go through and edit some of these out. Did Did the podcast come through okay last time? I mean, I heard from one of the listeners yeah. that I there was some issues with levels. Like sometimes it got a little loud. I didn't notice too much. Do you do you like listening. run it through some sort of a special filter to equal to uh, normalize the volume? Not too much. I, I is there such a, a filter? There's got to be. There that probably filter. is, but I use GarageBand because I'm, <laughs> I'm not using sm- like Audacity, I'm which not, is free. I'm not smart enough to figure out Audacity, but I do run a nose a noise gate, not a nose gate, a noise okay. gate, which will get rid of like fuzz and stuff. Yeah, or like a fan <laughs> in the background, stuff like that, but. Hmm. Anyway, some, sometimes w- we have to be more consistent with where our mouth is in relation to the microphone. I think that was the main problem. R- Rob, if you're listening, he was like kind of like bobbing and weaving in and out. And, sure. and, and that was a little hard for me to keep track of. But I, and I did, I did fiddle with did some of the... Did you wear headphones? I wore a mask. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's actually, I wore, a full, I wore like a full respirator, like if you were <laughs> p- painting a car. That's what I wore. And he wore hazmat. No, I wore headphones, but I wasn't. I get a little bit animated from time to time. I wave my arms oh, in wild I, I know, circles, kind of like you. To, and I get, I've learned to adjust yeah, you, your I know, levels you're on good, the fly. Because see, I was trying to adjust the levels on the fly, but I think I was turning him down when I meant to turn him up. I just don't have as much experience with the with the board. I need a board. See, instead of knobs like your equipment has, we need like the up the and sliders. down sliders so hey, that we the, know if, it's going up or down. If it means that much to you, listeners, you can donate to us, and we can buy. A mixer we board. Can buy a mixer board and some better mics, and uh, and maybe even a studio space. Yeah, maybe someday we'll send out that email to the. Uh, we'll to read the your email, name at the, the end email of the group. We'll send out that email to the email list and give you a link to donate. Mindvirus.show brought to you by contributions from Russian guy <laughs> Rob, <laughs> Doctor Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Pewdie, Pew, Mr. Mr. Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> we've de- I've derailed us. Any, any, yeah, any any comments you have, we do really appreciate and uh, would love to know what you want to talk about. I want one of my listener friends point uh, he sent me a happy Thanksgiving and, and I'm like, so what do you think of the podcast? It's great. Well, what do you think we should be talking about? I'll get back to you. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. Sure. Sure. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Crickets. Um, yeah. Peggy Johnson, Magic Leap, uh, Metaverse. Well, that, okay. It, it, so that she, will be the so title of our podcast today, says, Metaverse. And She I, says we've got to go to church virtually. And I thought that was an interesting- We already did. We have been. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting- Some of us did. Example. <laughs> Because I and I don't think it's I don't think it's coincidental that she just chose that because I think church is ideally the purpose of church is not just to watch it on video right it's to unless be, you're it's in the to, Billy Graham audience <laughs> it's to be together it's to converse that's one another with another that's a good question edify. should we that should we take a minute and talk about the purpose of church church we can I mean I mean there's there's a, I think it depends on the dom- denomination or the religion you belong to, but I think that, that it's twofold, right? It's to Cause I think I've be together, to worship together. Well, I what think, does that mean, to worship together? Well, in our, <clears throat> in our denomination, in LDS culture, it means you go and you take the sacrament. You renew baptismal covenants through the sacrament, right? That's, that's the talking point. And, I, I think that's fine. I agree with that. So that's part of worship. But then worship also, you can call it worship, praise, you know, like evangelicals do. But it's a, it's a, the power in it, I think, is being together. Being, being together with like-minded people is a powerful thing. And it's a place to talk and to teach and to edify. And that's a word we used to hear more, I think, edify. I like that word. <clears throat> but. So I think the purpose of church is to strengthen the believers. Okay, let me just read something really quickly here that comes from a, I would say, a, a qualified source, credentialed source. Well, I only listen to qual- qualified credentialed sources. Okay, good. Chapter 6, Moroni. And now I speak concerning baptism. Behold, elders, priests, and teachers were baptized. Okay. In the very first sentence of chapter 6, we get a huge cognitive dissonance. Okay. And now I speak concerning baptism. Behold, elders, priests, and teachers were baptized, and they were not baptized, save they brought forth fruit, meat, that they were worthy of it. The elders, the priests, and the teachers, by the way. Right. Who had already been elders, priests, and teachers, and then they were baptized. I think that's what it said. Neither did they receive any unto baptism, save they came forth with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, and witnessed unto the church, and I would want to replace the word church here with ecclesia, the Greek congregation, because this is a this is a lowercase church. This is a, a non institutional issue. They witnessed unto the congregation that they truly repented of all their sins, and now none were none were received unto baptism, save they took upon them the name of Christ, having a determination to serve Him to the end, serve Him, Christ, the Lord. Not the Lord Bishop or the Lord Stake President, but the Lord God Jesus Christ, serve him to the end. And after they had been received unto baptism and were wrought upon and cleansed by the power of the Holy Ghost. So here we have an interesting 
diversion from your standard baptismal talks. It's the Holy Ghost that cleanses. Okay. <laughs> they were numbered among the people of the Church of Christ, or the Ecclesia, the Congregation of Christ, and their names were taken that they might be remembered and nourished by the good word of God to keep them in the right way, to keep them continually watchful unto prayer, so to keep them praying, relying on alone upon the merits of Christ, relying alone. What does alone mean? Are there exceptions to alone? Relying alone upon the merits of Christ. Does that mean they're relying on anything else other than the merits of Christ? I mean, you're the, you're the pronunciator. Maybe this is a, maybe we need a specialist on, on syntax here. In this, in this, these verses, no, alone is alone. Okay. Meaning solely. Solely on the merits of Christ, who was the author and the finisher of their faith. So, Author and finisher is interesting because that implies beginning and end and everything in between. The author and the finisher. Which I like that phrase, by the way. I like that phrase, too. And the congregation, the church, did meet together oft. So here now we're into the reasons for church. Well, I think the reasons for church were enumerated a little bit in, in number four, verse four. To be nourished by the good word of God, keep them in the right way, keep them continually watchful unto prayer so that they would rely alone on the merits of Christ, who is the author and finisher of their faith. So if, so if, uh, if the edification that you're receiving at church is helping to that end, if it's, if it's actually literally bringing you in contact with Christ, then okay, there you go. That, that makes sense. So they met together oft to fast and to pray, and to speak one with another concerning the welfare of their souls. And they did meet together oft to partake of bread and wine in remembrance of the Lord Jesus. Okay. And you, you, you kind of pointed that out. And they were strict to observe that there should be no iniquity among them. And whoso was found to commit iniquity, and three witnesses of the church did condemn them before the elders, if they repented not and confessed not, their names were blotted out, and they were not numbered among the people of Christ. But as oft as they repented and sought forgiveness with real intent, they were forgiven. Now, let me point out that iniquity may not mean what you think it means. Uh, some people think that means sort of a, mus- a law of Moses, Deuteronomistic type of a checklist. And iniquity has more to do with treating your neighbor f- as you would like to be treated, the golden rule, than anything else. Which I might remind people that... Uh, <clears throat> The audience booed Ron Paul at the 2012 presidential debate, Republican primary debate, where he brought up the golden rule. And he was booed. <laughs> I was, I was, that was kind of an, open, an eye-opener. That, that should have opened everybody's eyes. Why are we booing the golden rule? The golden rule. rule. Oh, my gosh. Treat others as, as you want to be treated. He was talking about it in context of foreign policy. Love your neighbor as yourself. The, yeah. the great commandment behind love the Lord. The one commandment the Boo. Lord was willing to bring up. Boo. What? Jeez, so Jesus, so they would have crucified the Christ right there. <laughs> and here's they go. Here, here, here's the big whammy. And their meetings were conducted by the church. Now this is interesting because when it says by the church after the manner of the workings of the spirit, it doesn't mean by the institution. It means their meetings were conducted by the congregation, by the group of people, after the manner of the workings of the Spirit and by the power of the Holy Ghost. For as the power of the Holy Ghost led them, whether to preach or to exhort or to pray or to supplicate or to sing, even so it was done. So that 
to me kind of sounds like maybe they were not scripted. No agenda. There's no agenda there. Right. And it seems to me like that could have been even spontaneous. Like, hey, we're going to get together and, oh, it's a Thursday. Okay, well, let's, do you want to do the wine and the bread and, and, uh, talk about prayer and, 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 uh, the welfare of your soul. And you want to, you know, remember the Lord, you want to tell me about how you're doing. I mean, kind of seems like it's a little more, there's a a lot more possibilities there. And, uh, it doesn't say anything about zoom meetings. It doesn't say anything about looking for VR goggles. I'm looking for this quote. (laughs) I'm not saying it couldn't, that could, I'm not saying that that couldn't have Man. happened if the, if that were to happen. I think this dry air is getting to me. I'm used to the humid air from yeah. that. But I'm looking for this quote where I think it was Peggy Johnson that talked about church. And one thing that is, let's not, let's not pretend that in the metaverse that it's going to be your local ward having church. It's going to be something that the metaverse decides his church right was, did blade runner which was it blade runner or uh minority report that the um the name of the short story it was based on was do androids dream of virtual sheep yeah that because, was uh, my, uh minority report i i think well, well I guess, no i, I think guess we gotta look no, it up no i think it is blade runner maybe i guess we're gonna have to look it up but both are written by philip k dick and I think I think it's Blade Runner. Oh, it's electric sheep. Do androids dream of electric sheep? And um, my question is, if we got together in the metaverse in the virtual reality, it was Blade Runner. It, Blade Runner was do androids dream of electric sheep? And the whole thing about Blade Runner is it's about replicants, which are f- humans that were cloned into existence, right? And they have special strengths and weaknesses or whatever. And the end of it actually, the end of that movie is really poignant when Rutger Hauer gives his uh, sort of spontaneous lines that he came up with about having all the things he has seen, his, his experience will be lost like tears in rain. It's quite, it's quite impressive, the right. end of that. He saves... Uh, Shoot, what's uh, Harrison Ford's name? Guy's name? I forget. I don't remember either. He saves he saves him and uh, and then tells him all, of all the things he's seen that will be and his experiences and his his consciousness that will be lost like tears in rain. <coughs> um. Yeah. So when we get together in the metaverse, will will we just have our avatars partake partake of the sacrament? Will we? Will they just? Yeah partake of the bread and the wine because you well, could do, the, do that at all you could do the wine there because it wouldn't i mean that, that's a good question if your avatar breaks the word of wisdom is it worthy <laughs> to go to the virtual temple well my avatars in some of the video games i've played have done some bad things really i just got done you should with see the, the look on bobby's face I, right now <laughs> i'm i'm like thinking of a lot of interesting things tell well, me I just tell got, me what things have your avatars I just done got, i've robbed banks and trains I've beat up people, I've shot people, I've robbed their corpses, I've... You've looted the corpses. Okay, we get that. <laughs> Have you ever lied? Did you ever tell any lies as an avatar? Um, 
Let's Probably. not talk about that. Let's talk about what all the listeners really want to know. Sexual indiscretion. Come on, spill well, it. No. <laughs> not, not a, no, I don't. No, my do avatar that. would There's never none do of that. The, what's known as the ERP. No. <laughs> ERP, what does ERP stand for? I'll let for? you, your imagination, figure that one is, out. Does the P stand for porn? No. Okay. Body? It stands for play. Play? Oh, okay. The other, the R stands for roll. Roll play. Okay, the E has something to do with the Greek <laughs> word eros. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you know. <laughs> but okay, uh, uh, seeing but, as I do not have a Blizzard, a paid <clears throat> Blizzard account, <laughs> only only the free Star StarCraft from way back. Right. Okay, first version. Well, yeah, you used to be able to buy a game, go home, install it on your computer, and play it. Now you got to have an internet connection. You have to have an account, account and yeah. uh, some of them you got to pay to even access. But let's get back to the the, the okay okay the, the metaverse picture of this metaverse. The metaverse. The, okay, so the last year or so they've. They've turned us into weirdos that think that virtual experiences are just as good as real experiences. I don't know how many people who have been attending Zoom church or Zoom meetings. I don't know how you shake someone's hand or give them a hug through Zoom, but I don't think it Speaking works. Speaking of ERP, well. sorry, I can't get this out of my head now. <laughs> have you ever read about any of the devices that are available on the market? Well, and the fact that they've been hacked and there's been Bitcoin yeah, ransom paid? Yeah, yeah. I have to say, I have to admit, I have read about some of that stuff. They're trying to, to digitize everything. Yeah. Our money, but our relationships and our experiences. Look at, we can look at a lot of different movies. Oh, right? I'm suddenly... You, you've just mentioned a couple. I'm suddenly, suddenly remembering a scene from a movie that I ended up seeing in a hospital, part, part of it, on my mission, which was, is weird because you're really not supposed to be watching movies, but it was Sylvester Stallone and... Uh, I can't remember the name of it. You got to help me out here. But there, but there's a scene where they have virtual sex. They don't actually. Uh, I don't know touch. this one. And he's like, there "This was, isn't good for me." Did, was it good that, for you? That was brought up in. Oh man, there's an awkward pause. Awkward pause while everyone thinks of ERP. That Enterprise was, Resource they, Planning is what ERP did, stands they for. They did that in. Is it Minority Report, where she offers himself like as an avatar? And he, I don't remember that in Minority Report. There was what movie am I thinking of? No, I don't. Anyway, there's a lot of movies that touch on this idea. Demolition Man is what it was. Okay, there's a lot of. What did you Google to find that? IMDb. I went. I am. Yeah. (laughs) I happen to be an expert at googling. I went to IMDb, typed in while you were while you were hemming and hawing, typed in Sylvester Stallone, and then I went down to the uh, time frame on the list of movies that roughly corresponded with my mission, and remembered as I saw the okay. Demolition Man. I don't there, think it was Judge Dredd. I think it was Demolition Man. There's a lot of a lot of movies that touch. I've got to go back and watch that Avatar idea, including although the movie, it's rated R, including the movie Avatar. My Avatar would never watch a rated R movie. I watched the movie that I didn't know was gonna touch on this idea but uh get out by jordan peele did you, have you seen that one that's a bizarre one no it, 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 i've never heard there's of it. some mind control slash body control in there it's interesting uh but this idea like like ready player one even free guy free guy is a lot of real people existing in a fake world yeah but that's not so much that's more it, like it, a it, video game sure like a but present the, day it's, it's the idea that the virtual worlds are better than our real worlds 
And they're also tying climate change into it, saying that if you just live in the metaverse, you don't need to travel. You can see cool things in the metaverse and have your business meetings in your in your church meetings. You don't need to drive or fly. Yeah. So you're going to save the planet by living in your pod like one of the people in the Matrix. <laughs> well, that or I think I don't think we're there yet, but we're getting really close to the people in Wally. Yeah. You've seen Wally? In yeah. Wally, the people are are unable to walk because their muscles have atrophied and they're overweight and they live in these pods where everything's well, delivered to them with their screens right in Ready, front of Ready their Player face. One is kind of approaching that. I, and I didn't read the book, but I saw he, he lives in like a shipping container that's been stacked on other shipping containers. Yeah, stacks. And see, this, this guy, Neil Stevenson, who's the author of Snow Crash, he's the chief futurist of Magic Leap. <laughs> now, I'm going to confess to the listeners, there was a chance that Jordan Bruno here could have been the chief futurist for somebody back in the day because... Now, maybe it's because I lack ambition and, you know, would never do anything interesting if Bobby Flood didn't catalyze it and say, hey, we should do a podcast or something like that. But uh, back in the day, I had an idea to write a book. This is like 2001 to write a book. And it would have been like Ready Player One or maybe Snow Crash or whatever. There's been a lot of a lot of literature that has come out in the last 20 years about virtual reality and virtual worlds. You've got surrogates, replicants, uh, iRobot is kind of along those lines. Blade Runner, of course, with the whole cloning issue was a lot earlier. Philip K. Dick was writing about this stuff a long time ago, but the, but not so much the virtual reality, the idea that we would, we would get into and prefer a virtual reality. I I was going to write a book entitled the suit and it was very similar to the Ready Player One stuff where they, they're, they're interested in getting you know the latest and greatest equipment because it helps them in the virtual world. And I had planned out somewhat of a storyline and, and the types of things that would happen in there. First of all, that cities would be built around cubes that people start living in because they prefer living in the suit instead of the instead of the real world, you know, and then you would have the oligarchy, of course, trying to take over the real world and get people into the suits, but actual meaningful geopolitical events would occur in the virtual world. <clears throat> that, that's the interesting thing, you know, you'd right. have terrorists meeting there, you'd have, you'd have re- real high-stakes high <clears throat> high activity going on few, in the virtual world. A few world. years ago when the, <clears throat> when the ISIS and Al-Qaeda scare was kind of peak there was this idea that the terrorists were using world of warcraft to plan Hmm. you know attacks through the chat system yeah and i think that's actually they they i think they touch on that in jack ryan the amazon series with that's right there's a virtual game that they use kid from the office yeah they touch on that idea that terrorists are using an online video game to chat with each other so again, right. it's just an, another uh, avenue for more censorship, more control. Right. So, in, yeah, they need to control everything. And it all needs to run through their, their servers and their systems so they can track what people are saying everywhere. Full, it's, it's total information awareness is what that, that's called. It's a government objective. They want total information awareness so that they can maintain continuity of government, maintain information supremacy. Well, anyway, in my virtual reality, my theoretical... hypothetical world that I was creating he the protagonist is a he and he has these 
interactions in the virtual world and realizes what's going on outside and who, you know, the nefarious forces are trying to take over the world and it's all tied together. But the big, the big reveal in it was that he, he finds, he finds himself in love with somebody in the world and it turns out to be the computer. And he's fallen in love with a non-player character or a, a virtual person personality. I think that would have played well. I think there's been plenty. It still could. There's, there's still been plenty could. of, but there's been plenty of uh, noise and other other literature that's basically addressed all of these themes already. And so I, I haven't felt like taking the time to even worry about that in the last five or ten years. But uh, it, it's an interesting thought. Like if you. If you look at where we're at and look at where we have been in the last year and a half, the last two years, we're already, people are already embarking on that. They're staying in their homes, having food delivered, using their, using their screens. They're getting all their information from the screens. The screens have become their single source of truth, the single source of their truth. But, there's a but, and it's a good but. Okay. Is this an ERP butt? <laughs> no. Okay. No. It's that travel. People are starting to travel again. People are getting out of their homes. I think... Um, Do you find it any coincidence, though, that on the back of every airplane seat is a screen? No. I mean, they want to distract you from the horrible experience of flying. Okay. So that has more to do with... <laughs> Keep you placated so you fly. don't beat, beat up the flight attendant or something, but... But no, no, their screens are everywhere, right? And it's not a coincidence that on a lot of these flights, they have live television so you can watch the news. You can never miss a thing. You know, you can have the news pumped into your brain while while you're in the Mm -hmm. air. Right. But I think uh, National Parks this last year had record numbers of visitors. Um, We just had Thanksgiving week. There was a lot of people traveling. People, I don't think, are buying into it. And that's making people like Klaus Schwab very frustrated. Well, if a significant portion, say 62% of the public, buys into the metaverse, and the metaverse is upon us, right? I think we're arriving at that conclusion, just the early stages of it. Because they're getting their information from corrupted sources. So... You know, and Rob, Rob brought something up. I don't know if you brought it up on the podcast, but we were talking later. The, the authorities will try to get you to think there's always two sides to any story, right? The Fox News side and the MSNBC side. And he's like, no, 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 there's way more than two sides to any story. So when we say, when we say we're talking about the official literature and the official stories and all that stuff, just because something's unofficial, just because it's alternative doesn't mean I believe it or that it's, you know or you believe it, or even that it's true, if we've hap- happened to have happened on truth, there's plenty of lies and deception and, and misleading information in the mainstream, and there's plenty in the alternative media. It just happens to be that generally, the official narrative is, is pretty much just made up lies. Uh, it's, it's not all lies. It's spin on actual events to, that, that give you a big lie, that, that mislead right. you in a really big way. That's, that's the problem with the official media is it's always working against you, whether it's true or, or, or whether it's a lie. <clears throat> I, let, 
it's 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 ten it's it's ten in pieces of information, eight of which are true, and two of which make the previous eight wrong. I don't think any of them are true, but sorry, that was me trying to clear my throat and speak at the same time. But here, this quote is, I'm looking, I can't find that quote about the churches, but here's Zuckerberg himself. Uh, this is a hilarious and frightening quote when he's talking about the metaverse. He says, I think we can help build the next set of computing platforms and experiences across that in a way that's more natural and lets us feel more present with people. I think that'll be a very positive thing. Zuckerberg, you know what's natural and present? Being present and being in person. Being, yeah. being together with people. Yeah. In, physically. Being able to shake hands uh, and, and hug and give a high five and look at people, their actual faces, not their, not their virtual faces that they can create. You know, there's a lot of fun that comes from playing an avatar type video game or something, but nothing beats the real world. You know, the, the, some of these ads I saw for the metaverse while I was traveling and watching hotel TV showed people like going into these vast jungles or mountainscapes with animals and things. It's like, you can do that in the real world. <laughs> It's called travel. Right. And you can't if they clamp down on you because of your carbon footprint. Right. Right. They, and that's, that's they, what they it's spew all carbon intertwined in right. with that. They, they spew the carbon. They want to jet set around the world. In fact, there's some, there's some discussion about how these people want to send us to Mars. And this, this ends up in uh, a lot of the sci-fi movies from the last 30 years that, the, that humanity has to leave Earth and only... And Earth either becomes a like a penal colony type of a yeah, Wally again. Yeah. It, it becomes some sort of a dystopian earth or, or we ruin it or we ruin it or all the poor people are off of it. And only the rich people are here on the earth that you have to, right. you know, if you want to be on the earth, you have to have all the money. Like, I think that's sort of a theme from blue avatar. We call I, it blue avatar because you also have avatar airbender right. and other avatars. I found the quote and it's not from, Peggy Johnson. It's from the Facebook CEO, another female CEO called Cheryl Sandberg. She's the Facebook CEO. And she says that people will host religious services in virtual reality spaces and use augmented reality as an educational tool to teach their children the story of their faith. So we're already doing that, and it's not very effective. In fact, I think it's horrible. <laughs> it's a terrible experience. Yeah, yeah they're saying it. Um... What's interesting, though, is that what we don't know is if they will host religious services in virtual reality spaces for the religion that they currently belong to. <laughs> that's conveniently left out. It's implied, and that's what people reading this that quote, think, oh yeah, that would be amazing. Imagine being able to look around and, and I'm on a pew and and but I'm really in my pod. What's going to be taught? <laughs> and what what religion will it's be kind, taught? It's kind of mind-boggling. I'm sitting here thinking, are we going to be watching like an actual soccer match? Or will we wa will we be watching a video game? People play a soccer match via video game. Who's gonna who's gonna play the who if Somebody has to get out and actually be the athlete, right? Or do we just switch to Madden NFL? You could because easily it's that have good. 
a Madden NFL situation where you're a fan in the stands watching people on the field who, who are, are just playing a video playing game. playing a video game. There's already Madden professionals. You can watch I've them seen that. Play. I've 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 watched some uh professional video gaming and they're they have like sportscaster announcers yeah, for some of yeah. these real-time they strategy games. They act like it's a real game. They 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 uh reenact like a real broadcast. So they're like, "Oh, here they're in the dime formation. Here he's got a uh, right. Oh, and there's a handoff to Johnson for a gain of six yards. That was an interesting play call there. And it's all video games. They're doing that for Madden? Yeah. Because I'm thinking more of like StarCraft and some of these <clears throat> sci-fi games. I've, yeah, I, and I, I've watched a little bit of a real-time commentary on... I think that got shut down pretty quick, though. Like uh, Blizzard or somebody made a pact with YouTube that they would immediately... Well, Blizzard Sensory. put a lot of money into their esports and bu- built a big arena. And the esports investments haven't totally paid off. But yeah, there's an Overwatch league where you can pl- go play. You for can go the, play, but they don't want people. They don't want can, like these private podcaster guys making money on that, right? Right. So is that why we right. we don't see that on YouTube very much anymore? Um, they'll stream it, I think, on YouTube, but you can't. Because I used to it's, watch, I I found it fascinating. I watched a few replays. You can of games. still watch it on like Twitch and YouTube streaming. But I don't know if you wanted to be a commentator for a live video game. That's probably harder to do. But yeah, there's there's all all of this infrastructure and this foundation's already being laid for a completely fabricated. Well, it's already been laid in a way, right? Right. We're we're just in an augmented reality situation. We're just not in a full on virtual reality, right? But it's all there. It's all there. It just the next step is just the technology. And the acceptance of it. Because right now, I don't think the Oculus and the goggles and all that, I don't think those sell very well. Because they're terrible. Have you tried one? Yeah. They're disorienting. I feel really vulnerable because you can't see the real world. And so someone could come up and and kick you in the crotch and you wouldn't know (laughs) that, you know, or you could stumble over something. I don't want to sit in a chair with the goggles on and live life that way. It's a fun novel experience. Like some of these amusement park rides where you have 3d glasses and they pretend you're flying you know on the back of a avatar beast or something they're really cool but i don't want that to be real life i don't want that to or to replace real life but that's what they're getting at isn't that that they're even making noises and we see this portrayed in ready player ready player one where your job is in the metaverse your job is virtual you go to work by putting goggles on and clocking into your fake video game job and that's and you get paid for that and you provide some service in the virtual yeah that gets really that gets really weird because you'd think the computer could take care of that but what's the point is it to keep the humans busy right i mean they've got a lot the 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 climate lockdowns are coming we keep saying <laughs> that right and one of the ways to do that is to make us not realize we're being locked down these people these people have been pretty patient and i think that they they increased or accelerated the time frame here with covid i think that there are some well they've even said that schwab wrote a book i think there's some aging oligarchs that want to be king of the world essentially right and schwab wrote a book saying covid19 is the great reset Right. Well, they've been talking about it, right? We've been talking about it. We, 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 right. everybody, at there, least the, the people that are paying attention can guys see. Guys like him and Bill Gates and probably people we don't even know about. They, I think they're all in their 70s, 80s. And I 
think you're right. I think they're saying we've worked for this our whole lives. Right. We got to get it done because we need to transcend the mortal. We need to get our brains in the machine. We, we still got to watch Transcendence. Johnny Depp, Transcendence, mm-hmm. also selfless with Ben Kingsley and Ryan Reynolds is a, a, an interesting movie. I've put that, I've put that out there before. You've, I don't know, listeners, have any of you taken me up on that homework yet? I don't think Bobby has. But uh, that relates to this discussion on the metaverse that uh, these guys want to put their consciousness into the machine. They want to transcend the mortal or they want to put their consciousness into some other biological entity. Because see, I don't think they can actually get it into the digital. Digital is limited. You can't have, in a 10-based system, you can't have one-third. You have to have an approximation of one-third, right? It's 0.3333333, right? It, does, it doesn't quite work. So they want to live forever, in their sins, so to speak. And uh, there, there's a lot to say on that subject, but the reason I bring it up is that they, they, they seem to have sped up the, the natural course of things for some reason. And I think it was... Uh, I think it was hubris. <clears throat> Excuse me, now I'm getting... I'm, I'm catching your cold here. <clears throat> it's not a cold. I, I, think, I think it was hubris because... I think they've they've uh, set things in motion too soon, and it's going to come back to bite them. And uh, unless this technology unless this technology already exists in reality, you know, behind the scenes in secret, like and the, a and Ready Player One style suit, like where, they're rolling it out, right? And where you're in a full yeah. body thing, where you're, you know, on a treadmill treadmill and it's a possibility that they have that ready to put to introduce they just need the industrial capacity you know sort of a terminator type of a a system but what what, the reason i bring all this up is because it's for context for the next statement and the statement is it it takes a little while to get habituated with the technology (laughs) all all y'all out there know the baby boomers and you have an aunt or an uncle or a mom or dad or grandpa or somebody that you have to be tech support for. Sure. Most of the Mind Virus podcast listeners, I think, are a little younger, and you all know how to work your, your gadgets, but you know that the older generation doesn't. Well, that's why this can really accelerate with our children, because they've grown up with these devices. That was hands. my point. Are, the, are we ready to have... Because you and I, being Gen X, right, we... Bridge the, we bridge the two worlds. We've mm-hmm. seen we've seen the old school stuff. We're we're adept at the new stuff. We have talked to our grandparents. We didn't just bridge it. We created it. Our, well, our generation. That's a good. Po- that's a good point. But we, we we picked up on the baby boomers, the high tech people in the baby boomer generation. Right. And we knew our grandparents who fought World War II, and um, great grandparents potentially who were around during world war one. Mm-hmm. We've talked to people who didn't have electricity in their home when they grew up. I mean, it's rare. You got to think back to when you were a kid and right. you, you, you had those conversations with your grandparents and, and they would say, Oh, I've seen so much, you know, and they've, they saw it and they comprehended a lot of it, but we saw it and we have been able to keep pace with it in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, I don't want to keep pace with it. You know, I think I could get educated on it, but it's uh, we're bridging these two worlds, and then we've got kids who don't even know what it's like to not have a cell phone in their hands. Because right, so, some well, of the who, children, 
that are 10 years old right now, they have been in, their parents have allowed them to be entertained by a smartphone style screen their entire lives. Yeah. And, and a lot of these kids are coming into like their twenties and don't know how to change a tire. They don't know how to chop wood. They don't know how to hang a picture. They don't know how to do anything. Well, they can Google that real. if they need to find out how, how or to they do just it. punch a couple buttons and someone shows up at their house. Right. They don't well, even know how to cook. Right. But hanging a picture to them is a life hack. Oh, <laughs> yeah. look, here's a, here's a cool hack. You can hang a picture you by... You can use a magnet to find the studs. You know, right. Stud it's like, finder. This is so cool. I have an app on my phone that can find the studs in the wall. Here's how you hang a picture. You know, they're not, they're not very problem solving oriented. So, so we've got a... That, that's all I'm saying is we've got a whole generation here that might be ready to enter the verse. I think what we're on the verge of is when this when this happens in mass i think humanity is going to take a huge step back in important areas like medical science i don't mean the science <laughs> i mean me- medical science and fauci's out by the I way think, saying that he is the science yeah yeah i am the way the truth and the science anyway it's remarkable arrogance but uh I think we're going to take a huge step back because I don't think the rising generation is going to be up to the task. They're not learning anything new in the STEM fields. Okay, they're, they're, the STEM fields are being corrupted and infiltrated with garbage. And I think we're going to have a huge step back, which is maybe by design because then that's where the, the parasite class. I think one of these authors, it might be this, this bomb thrower one he calls them the predator class i don't like that i understand it but i don't like that term because i I think it's appropriate you've got you got to remember it is but hg wells and the time machine the morlocks and the eloy right but i a predator in the wild is impressive a predator is doing what it's born to do and that's how it survives and they deserve respect okay good point good point these people are parasites they're living off of our productivity. So you call them the parasite class. I would call them the parasite class. I understand the predator class too. That's it, it's appropriate. It works, but I think a better think word is parasite. The problem you you're, you're probably more technically accurate because they exist like a parasite in your body, and it ultimately kills you. And a lot of people don't know where it's coming well, from. And they whereas can, they they live off of stealing the productivity of regular people. Right. The guy that wants to use the predator class. Uh, terminology he is wanting you to think of a bear taking down an elk and ripping it to shreds it's a visceral you have a visceral response and, when and you both see can be that. true because they will hurt you these people will <laughs> kill but they you. don't act like a, a predator like that they act like a parasite they're they're secretive <laughs> right. they're invasive they're in you don't know you've had one for 20 years and then all of a sudden it's like oh your insides are eaten out you're dead right you right know, that so so i think you're right that the parasite class is probably a better way to put it and maybe that's maybe part of their plan. Maybe part of the idea is to set us back a generation in technology. So then they can move in and say, we can provide you this, this, and this. We, you know, we have this giant crisis of whatever, whatever the next big crisis is going to be. Well, that- because, because at least in the United States, people being, are being educated to become useless. Your college education is mostly useless in most of these with most of these degrees 
they're useless. Right. Like like literally use they have no utility. Use. There's no you're not adding any value to the world when you go out into the workforce with your social justice degree. Whatever degree. Green green <coughs> your green economics degree, your your uh gender studies degree. But even some of these some of the degrees which sound impressive and used to be like engineering or computer science or mathematics. A lot of those people are just going into useless fields or their their degree is so watered down that they don't really know anything about mathematics or medicine or engineering. Or cybersecurity, for right. example. Right. I mean I've seen that. I've seen that when we've when we've hired people with to do a certain skill, even basic stuff like graphic design or coding, and they show up and they're they don't they can't get through an interview. But is that more the generation, the people that have been raised on the screens? I think it's I think it's the whole package. I think that that's why I'm saying we're 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 ripe for a a uh, setback or a, or degrade a, a, a uh, what's the word I'm working looking for a uh, a a retro yeah uh, a regress a regress a there giant you go. Re- societal regress which maybe maybe it just ends up <clears throat> collapsing but well that's that's a feeling a lot of people have that it's going to collapse the there's a lot of discussion though about the two tiered society that's developing <clears throat> that's why I think the the H.G. Wells time machine prophecy. And H.G. Wells was a globalist. He talked about this stuff. There's, again, I again recommend Alex Jones's Endgame, especially the second half of the oh, documentary. The way, I misquoted a few weeks ago. I'm sure people are upset. I regret the error, but I called the new Alex Jones documentary Banned. It's not called Banned. It was hosted at Banned. Oh, okay. What's it it's called? It's called COVID Land. Anyway, I've been that's been bugging me. I've wanted a chance to correct the record. Alex Jones has got a lot of good stuff on now. I, I'm not saying that you should go believe him wholeheartedly, but he's he's really hitting at the heart of the issue lately. And he's got a he's launching a thing called Reset Wars. He's he's looking at this as a spirit as spiritual warfare. It is. A, it is. And ultimately, it is. He, I think he's he's doing a lot of good work now. You know, you got to get in touch with God and the God that. Uh, is the true God of this creation, he might challenge your deeply held beliefs. That's one of the problems with praying to God is that you may not want to believe what, you're, what he's telling you because there are more gods than one. That's, that's one thing where when you, when you look at Alex Jones's stuff, they approach it from more of a Christian, sure. Trinitarian type of a... I don't know if, they, if I'd call it Trinitarian, but they, they're approaching it from sort of a monotheistic viewpoint and although you you get mixed in into it this feeling that okay hey we're we're supposed to transcend the more the you know we're supposed to progress which is good but you know joseph smith's king follett cosmology his 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 explanation of it in in april 7th or in april of 1844 april 7th 1844 general conference address that's a good start right there it, it is christian but it's also a more ancient Christianity where we, we know we have a father and a mother. We know that there are gods and goddesses. And, you know, it starts to sound a little bit like the Greek polytheism, you know, where you have this uh, pantheon of, of warring gods. But remember, that was all messed up. That, that's an inverted system. There, there's, there was a lot of degradation that was introduced before 
you know, the modern scholars kind of boiled down what Homer and the other the other Greeks were talking about. So, so anyway, Alex Jones has been doing a lot of good, and I, I brought up Endgame again because he talks about H.G. Wells and his link into the to the thinkers, the eugenicists that that kind of brought us the modern world in the early 1900s as they formulated what it would be. Oh, you had a. By the way, I'm reminded of uh, some comments that you forwarded me from Klaus Schwab about. The great narrative. Yeah, they, they're li- literally talking about setting the narrative and imagining, designing, and executing the future. But they, so they're talking about it as if they're, it's what's funny is they're, he, he's, he's out talking like there's some sort of a retreat going on and we need to figure this thing out. But they had a meeting. No, they already figured it out. Right. They figured it out a hundred years ago and they're <laughs> already executing it. The future has already been des- imagined, designed, and it's yeah. being executed right now. That's what's so funny. But uh, the, the two-tiered society is upon us. And so you say, you're saying that the, the kids these days or, or our society is losing all the skilled people and we're losing our crea- creativity we're, and we're, we're going we're to regress. Trained, we're being trained into to become idiots. Right. So we have we're re- no, no intellectual ability or will to fight back against their this designed and executed future. Right. And so I I don't I don't disagree with that except that I think that there's a second tier of society where they sure. have people that they invite into it. They they somehow think that they have enough of a brain trust or something back there that they can go forward and and have all the inspirations and the creativity that they want to to achieve their immortality. I th- I think they must think that because they are intentionally creating a regression here. And that's incredibly arrogant because the great ideas come from the farm boy in the Midwest who 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 uh, what was the guy's name? Farnsworth who imagined the television by plowing rows and from Idaho. Yeah. Henry Ford was not a wealthy individual, was not part of the oligarchy when he revolutionized manufacturing. Right. These these people think they have all the technology they need, I assume. Here's a here's a quote from Ray Kurzweil, director of engineering at Google and author of The Singularity is Near. Now, the singularity, if you're not aware, that means the point where artificial intelligence becomes real, becomes self-aware, where where the machine finally becomes real. Terminator. He says at that <clears throat> at that point, the longevity of of one's mind file will not depend on the continued viability of any particular hardware medium. For example, the survival of a biological body and brain. Ultimately, software-based humans will be vastly extended beyond the severe limitations of humans as we know them today. They will live out on the web, projecting bodies whenever they need or want them, including virtual bodies, foglet projected bodies, and physical bodies comprising nanobot swarms and other forms of nanotechnology. Is that in that article we read? That's in the bomb thrower one. Oh, the bomb thrower one. <coughs> I mean, what they're, what they're trying to accomplish here is immortality, right. godhood, taking their consciousness, their their being, and expanding it into avatars so they can live forever and rule and reign forever. Yeah, and I think we should address this in another podcast after you've watched Transcendence and Selfless, because the, the two there's two different approaches to that. One is 
in Transcendence where he gets into the digital machine. The other one is in Selfless where the guy transfers his consciousness to another body. So right. the, the idea is that... Because, see, I don't think that there's such a thing as digital artificial intelligence. One of the reasons is because of my technical background. I don't have an, I don't have an incredible technical background, but... I think I know enough about. Credible technical. I have a credible. (laughs) I think I have uh, enough information to kind of understand how the parts work together. And like I explained, you know, in a ten-based system, you can't have one third. So it's digital is always an approximation. You can't, you know, Elon Musk and the whole Tesla self-driving thing is a good example about of this. He's been pushing for several years this idea that they're going to make these breakthroughs, and they're self-driving just always is an epic failure. Right. There's all kinds of problems with it. They're, they're able to teach the machine a few things, but a, a machine cannot, I mean, a digital machine cannot be like you, a human being who has premonitions. You know, all of you have been driving and you're in on the freeway and you know that the guy up in front of you is about to cut you off. You just know it. Why? Is it because of the spirit or your intuition? Or is it because you've just noticed very minute Because my car vibrated on that side of my seat. Right. Is it is it minute deviations <laughs> in his behavior that the machine right. would never pick up? The, there, there are just too many factors that well, the machine can't learn them all. And this would be a... We, this, the idea... These two competing, and it's amazing that they're even competing, but these competing ideas of computer versus human, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not new. No, right? it but, is not new. And then but, that's, let me, let me stop you there. Sorry, and you're going to say something, but the old, the old text, the pseudepigraphical text, the apocryphal text, a lot of them talk about the demiurge or the false god creating the world. And I think we've touched on this right. a couple of podcasts back, but they always try to create these little clay golems and make the, you know make the little people do the, their thing but they can never get the life into them and that's why the the true god has to breathe the breath of life into adam because intelligence the light of truth was neither created nor made neither can it be i'm quoting from doctrine's doctrine and covenants section 93 the intelligence or the light of truth is coeternal with god and it was not created neither can it be this is the truth that that uh, I think these guys are running up against, and so therefore, I think their their best chance at living forever is possessing possessing the bodies. Well, that's <laughs> that what, God created for Adam an, and Eve. Somewhat spoiler alert here, but the movie's been out for a long time. That's kind of the idea with Get Out. Okay, so these. There's people, the people, there's this, there's this family and the, the dad, the patriarch of the family is a neurosurgeon and they kidnap people. Mm-hmm. And, and then they ch- take their bodies. They take their, they, they take over their bodies using a swap of brain parts and things. Yeah. And the idea here, and again, I'm just going to fully spoil it. It's out there if you want to see it. It's been out for a long time. So shame on you if you haven't seen it. It's your fault. <laughs> but <laughs> Go ahead, Bobby. Just ruin it. A blind guy uh-huh. wants to... to uh, a blind guy who was a failed photographer uh, wants to... He wants to have a second take, chance. Take he o- needs, yeah, he take, needs some so eyes. He takes, so he takes the... Uh, he's going to take over the body of this up-and-coming photographer. Yeah. Anyway. There's not... Okay, that's interesting. You don't have to spoil the rest of it. Anyway, 
But for some reason, it's this white family that's always kidnapping black people. Because <laughs> they want the black bodies? <laughs> yeah. Because they're sexy? <laughs> well, I don't know. Jordan Peele. Exotic? Key and Peele. Mostly oh, is he known in it? For, he, 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 he wrote it. It's so, uh Okay. So, you know, he's known for... Is it com- a comedy? Comedy sketch. No, it's not comedy at oh, all. Oh, really? It's, it's sort of a dark... Really? Horror slash kind of... It's like horror, but not like suspense horror, like, you know, like a... Uh, Jason and Friday the 13th or something but anyway no I it's watched a- it on the plane and I also watched the original Ghostbusters which still, <laughs> still holds up it's incredible yeah it's funny but this it's the this is the idea what do we, we started off the show or kind of started off with this question how do they get our souls well they can't get our souls so they're trying to get our minds they're trying to get our conscience consciousness oh, I think they can get your soul well they think they can. The oligarchy can't, but the demons behind them can. Of course, of course. Yeah. But it's, this, this, it's not a new idea. You see, it, you see that theme in Pinocchio, right? Where he goes tempted by the world and becomes a jackass and yeah. loses his did you happen to soul. See, did you happen to see the uh, latest Marvel Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi? I've not seen it yet. Oh, okay. That's about soul sucking. Saw a lot of ads for it. At the park I was at. That's a big worship, uh, China worship movie. Uh, the guy, the main character in it, I think is intentionally chosen because he looks a lot like uh premier Z. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, he, he's so, not, he's not who you'd expect as a, as an action hero, you know, right. Heartthrob. I've heard from the little, you know, the nerd sources I follow aren't, aren't too impressed with it, but I haven't seen it yet. Did you see it? Yeah, we saw it. Did you like it? That's okay. It's a, it's a pretty good, it's not, like like the, the the hero's journey narrative, the story structure narrative doesn't appear to be inverted to me. It's actually kind of got some pretty good symbolism in it, okay. which I found interesting that Black Panther also was a pretty good, solid, you know, Hamlet-esque story. You've got the usurper and then the, the true king has to come back and, mm-hmm. and take over. Lion King. Yeah, Lion King is a Hamlet story for sure. The... They, uh, Lion King is almost like one for one, yeah, parallel, yeah, <laughs> Hakuna Matata. The these non traditional Western white culture hero's journey stories or, or true king type of stories resonate with people and i think that's why they're they're allowed to be that now but all the all the white guys have to be inverted or have these messed up stories well do you know why the true king story resonates with people because real life is a return of a true king story that's the point that's the point we've been trying to make that point we've i think you said it as plainly as it's been said on the podcast (laughs) that the whole point is that the truth resonates and so when they when they're able to interweave um like in the Avengers, a lot of a lot of truth with error, then you get a, a, a really perverse, dangerous narrative that that needs to be defanged or or. Well, the you know. god the god of this world is not the true god. He is not the true king, and right. the true king will return. Right. His name is Aragorn. <laughs> right, and the steward of Gondor is always resistant to that idea. Well, of course, because he will no longer be. The, the king. king, yeah. Any anybody that's running an institution or that has a power in this world is going to be resistant to 
<coughs> to the Lord God is coming. There, is there something? Is there? Is there? I, I always thought it was interesting when Aragorn returns. He uses the armies of the dead to ultimately win the battle. I just thought that was interesting. Right. That's uh, not just the dead, but oathbreaker kings. Right. That's a little weird. I'm not sure why Tolkien did that, but they do go into the mountain to get the hosts and they come out and they just eradicate everybody. It's, it, it, it's just, I think it's, I think it's a, a little bit of a twisted take on the day is coming that shall burn as an oven. Those that are coming shall burn them up and leave them neither root nor branch. It's the, the heavenly hosts that come to burn the earth. It's a little bit from a storytelling standpoint. It's a bit of a it's a weird. It, 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 well, it's a bit of a Deus Ex, kind of a lazy. I I need a way for this army yeah, to win. The God Machine, right? The that 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 part of it. Yeah, it's like how are how are they going to overcome? How is how is Tolkien going to show that it's the heavenly hosts that do it? The elves also represent the heavenly hosts, and they mm-hmm. come in in... Now, I, I'm having a hard time remembering the books. I did read the books, but the movies are more prominent in my mind. They're really well done, and they're long, and so they have a lot of the plot elements in there. In, uh, at Helm's Deep, the, el- right. the, the elves come and, and rescue them from the mm-hmm. demons. Led by another god-type figure, Gandalf the White at that point. Right. He comes on the fifth day you know, in the east or right. whatever. Rising of the sun. Yeah. Anyway. Well, he he comes with the Rohirrim, right? Because they come they come down the hill, right, right, right. He brings yeah. To- the, Tolkien's the imagery elves come late, if I remember right. Yeah, Tolkien's imagery is really interesting, and there I think there's a lot of symbolism in there. The elves and the dwarfs and the orcs and the humans and the northern rangers they all represent certain elements of people Which he that, always are, tried that to are here in this world. It, it was super symbolic, but he did. Like, Kind of, kind of. I thought he talked a little bit about it later on. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he did. I, mean, I, didn't, I haven't I'm, done a lot of research on it. I did, but it was a long time ago. I, got, I was really into Tolkien for a while. I think the, the issue is with... Before the movies. Yeah, just like, <laughs> just like uh, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant and Stairway to Heaven, they, they denied that that had anything to do with sure. uh, reality. We had a guest on uh, a while back. John, I think, was his name. That we talked music, and he he really went through that in detail, but they they denied that. But the the point is not what they say; it's what what does the song say? What what is the what does the symbolism say to you? And you're getting back to your point. The point is, it was resonant. Go ahead. Okay, it was resonant because it was true. It resonates because it's true, and even if the story's not perfect that those ideas hit home for for people and they they don't necessarily understand why and so i wanted to bring up the fact that these articles these articles that we're going to link to about um the metaverse are couched in terms of the great narrative they're the great narrative weren't they holding a conference called the great narrative or something or are they calling it the great narrative I can't remember. I don't think the conference was called that, but it was a it was a conference with WEF and it was held in the Emirates, United Arab Emirates, mm-hmm. um, and it had all the usual kind of Davos clowns. And Klaus Schwab is up there telling people, you know, we must we must implement the great narrative. 
So which is that's a, their a word. Story, a bit, that's yeah, their they're word. They're right? using that. See, narrative. Narrative is a. It's what we've been talking about this whole time, this last year on the Mind Virus podcast, and the great narrative and who rules the world is of significant consequence. If you look at the Book of Mormon, ruling and teaching is always conflated. I think I've brought this up before on the podcast, but Nephi says that the Lord said he was going to make him the ruler and the teacher over his brethren, right? And the brethren complain. They're like, the brothers, they're like, we don't want you to be our ruler and your teacher. In fact, at the point where they finally split, I think it's in 2 Nephi chapter 6, they say something like, well, we want to kill him because we don't want him to any longer afflict us with his words. He doth afflict us with his words, right? They're sick and tired of hearing from this guy who thinks he has the narrative, right? And Our it's, little brother thinks to rule over us. Right. This is, this is the overriding theme of the Book of Mormon, is who gets to say what truth is. And that's the role of a priest or a teacher. They're supposed to teach the right narrative. And throughout history, in all the kingdoms in the past, it's always the, the ruling class that starts to craft the narrative, right? They, they get to say what the churchmen say, or off with their heads, or burn them at the stake. Whoever is in charge, whether it's a king or an oligarchy, and if it's a king, it's probably an oligarchy, they want to set the narrative so that they can control the people by controlling first their minds and then the physical reality. And that's the issue with the metaverse. In one of these articles, I think it's the second one on The Last American Vagabond that we're going to link to, they say this, the web of technocrats working to build this reality should be cause for alarm to any thinking mind. Meta, Microsoft, Google, Apple, the World Economic Forum, Amazon, and others are absolutely intending to bridge the gap between the virtual and the physical reality. The metaverse serves their ultimate vision of dominating humanity via digital technology and erasing privacy and individuality. So they, they, it's so amazing that they, <laughs> I really like these two articles, but they just totally bombed right there because it should say that the, the metaverse serves their ultimate vision of dominating humanity via digital technology and erasing privacy and individuality and by enforcing the narrative. They, they, they're talking about the narrative. They're right. They're on it. But that's, it's not just about erasing um maybe that's what they mean by dominating humanity via digital technology <laughs> they're going to dominate the mind via the narrative they can enforce the narrative if they have you a captive well, look, audience look in their reality that. look they've they've spun us a tale about this virus and they've dominated the mind just, just look at the way people act out there in the world <laughs> you know we joke about wearing hazmat suits there are people that are doing stuff like that and of course they've made us all into faceless mm -hmm. faceless drones having to show our medical history to right they, they have to erase privacy and individuality because they can't have people speaking up and saying right. her heretical things about the narrative along the way and we're I've, seeing that censorship right now and we're seeing the very tip of it i don't think we've seen anything oh yet. yeah but look, the whole point here, and the reason I bring up the Book of Mormon, the whole point here is that they want to convince you that their God is God. Now, this sounds elementary school. It sounds a little bit simplistic for me to boil it down to these terms, but that is the point. The point is, who is the true God? 
I, I want to pose a question to our listeners out there. And if you wouldn't mind, please post something about this on the, on the podcast site. The question is, what did you think it meant when you were a kid or when you were younger? Or did you even give it any thought? What does it mean that Jesus is the Christ? Have we talked about this before, Bobby? Did you ever think that Christ was his last name? I know um, some people. Yeah, I think some people, people think have. That. Yeah. Some people have thought that. Other people say, "Well, I knew it was a title." You know, depending on how how much it's talked about in your home or whatever. But uh, the Greek version of Messiah. Yeah, that's the 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 Hebrew word Messiah means the same thing as Christos, which is the Greek word for Christ. But the, the question is, what does it mean that Jesus is the Christ? That's like the stated goal of the Book of Mormon, is to convince you that Jesus is the Christ. And it sounds simplistic, but we have to put ourselves in their shoes. They were living in a time without the previous 2,000 years we've had of quote-unquote Christianity, right? Where you can think of this guy from Nazareth and that he's the Christ, whatever that means. And so to a lot of people... Christ, at least people I've talked to, maybe you want to jump in here and tell us your feelings on the matter, but I'll, I'm surely going to tell you mine. <laughs> but, but Christ, to a lot of people, means Savior. It just means he's going to save us. And it, it does mean that, but we're not seeing the big picture here, because remember, the whole point is they want you to worship the wrong God. They want you to give allegiance to and energy to the wrong God, and thus in that endeavor become children of the devil and be destroyed. Have your identity torn away from you, everything you've worked for in your past progression, and be, as, as they say, as Thanos says in the movie Endgame, shredded down to the last atom with no memory of what came before. They want that to happen to you, the second death. So that all you are is your co-eternal intelligence that's been dissolved and spread over the lake of fire and brimstone and the waters of noon, whatever you want to, the well of souls. Go back to your, your most elemental base level and start over. And that means you lose your identity. That means you are not you. You're just right. intelligence. Well, that's what they want. and. The, the idea that Jesus is the Christ, what it means, the word Christos and Messiah means, or Mashiach means anointed one. And the reason that, they, that he has to be the anointed one is that we have this long-standing practice throughout history of anointing kings and queens and priests and priestesses. He is the true and rightful king of the creation. We say that flippantly, oh, king of creation, you know, as if we know what we're talking about here. The reason that he's gone is because his throne has been usurped, right? The steward of Gondor has to run screaming from the, from the palace and, and jumps from the parapet while, while in a burning. fiery mess. Yeah, he gets burnt up. Yeah. The, there, the Hamlet story is resonant because there was a conflict where the, the crazy uncle, Scar, in The Lion King, takes over the throne, and Hamlet has to kill him. There has right. to be a battle. That's what, that's what Christos means. It means anointed one. What are you anointed with? You're anointed with oil. The oil is representative of fire. 
fire oil burns it's fiery fiery is spirit okay we were given weaknesses we know this extensively from the scriptures and from our own experience ether chapter 12 i give unto men weakness that they may come unto me the fountain of all righteousness in in john's gospel it explains that jesus was given the spirit without measure he was given the fire without measure without limit he is the anointed one it's his creation he is the creator god the a lot of people think that the book of mormon authors or joseph smith made it up and that he was just repeating these trinitarian or burned over doctrines and experimenting with his his godhead because he calls jesus christ the very eternal father of heaven and earth this heaven and this earth and its heavens he is the father of that creation he is the father and his first son is adam to whom dominion was given it doesn't mean that jesus doesn't have a father to say he's the very eternal father of heaven and earth there are many heavens and many earths theoretically right it's very precise language identifying jesus as the rightful owner of this creation that was stolen and that's what they want they want you to worship the wrong god they want you to love the god of this world they want you to love big brother how many times have we brought up orwell where they want you to love big brother and so the question is one of theodicy theodicy in greek means the justice of god the question is why would a loving God, if Jesus is our loving God, why would he allow this to happen? You know, why would he put us here in this world? And we talked through that a little bit, I think, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about war. The war I think the title of the podcast is just War, because the war in heaven continues here. And I never, really, I never really brought it out, but I believe that we're wrong when we attribute the fall to Eve for partaking of the fruit. We, we think, oh, Adam and Eve partook of the fruit, and therefore they caused the fall. That's erroneous. That's, as Hugh Nibley said, a nursery tale, and has done more damage to Christianity than almost anything, the tales of the garden and the flood. Read his uh, book, Enoch the Prophet, the, thir- the very start of the third chapter, Enoch as a Theodicy. He talks about how the garden stories and the flood stories need to be taken symbolically. They're good stories if you take them symbolically. They partook of the fruit of the tree of good and evil— knowledge of good and evil, and the creation fell, right? Not so. Satan, the bad guys, stole the creation during the creative process at some point. They took it over. They mutinied. And Adam fell so that men might be. He fell so that certain things would happen. He is like his physical or his father in this creation who is our father in this creation, Jesus Christ. His spiritual father, of course, is the father, the great father, the high God, the highest God, because Jesus is a high God. But anyway, there is a a technical hierarchy here. There's a technical ownership. And the reason that Christ had to come down here and condescend and go below everything is because he's the only one that has the right to take it back. Because it's his. Right. And I think that's lost on us. And it sounds elementary. It sounds very elementary, but it, it makes perfect sense. And you can see that the authors of the Book of Mormon understood what they were talking about when they call him the very eternal father of heaven and earth. Yeah, he is the very eternal father of heaven and earth. But 
everything that Satan has done. So, so if you put yourself in their shoes, the the um, pre-Christ Nephites, you know, there's plenty of ideas about God running around. Sherem, the the great Antichrist, and uh, Korahor. They weren't atheists in the sense that they didn't believe in God. They just didn't believe in that God. And they, they both admitted that they were deceived by, that they had supernatural experiences, right? Angels of light and stuff like that. The Book of Mormon doesn't ever talk about competing religious traditions. It just talks about the traditions of Laman and Lemuel or, or these guys, the Zoramites or whoever, versus the traditions of the Nephites. And, and atheism is was like pure scientific atheism was very uncommon in the in the ancient world. People believed in stuff. They just right. believed in different narratives. Narratives. There's that word again. They had different narratives. So if you were before the coming of Christ, before all those incredible miraculous happenings in 3rd Nephi, imagine yourself hearing the words where they say one of the prophets or somebody or a priest says to somebody, "Hey, God himself will come down and redeem this creation. You're in a cut-off and fallen world, and you need to be redeemed. And God himself will come down and redeem that creation. And you say to them, oh, you mean the very creator? Of, is this same, the same God that's the very creator of heaven and earth? Yeah, it's the same God, the Father of heaven and earth. The, the, before Jesus, it doesn't make as much sense. Now that we have all of the, the last 2,000 years in hindsight, we have this sort of modified Christianity has been modified, right? And so we think we know what the narrative is. And so we think that our Christ is the true Christ. And we think we know all about what, who Christ is and what he is. And, and this is why the, pro, the prophecies in the scriptures where it says, in the last days, all these false Christs abound. You know, there's so many false Christs and they're all anti-Christ. They're not the real Christ because Satan has had 2,000 years to take what you think Christianity is and morph it into a worship of him. Right. Let me uh <laughs> You have to ask yourself, who me, who do you worship? Let me reread this quote from Cheryl Sandberg now after after that and in, in the context of that <clears throat> explanation, people will host religious services in virtual reality spaces and use augmented reality as an educational tool to teach their children the story, the narratives of their faith. Sorry, did no. I blow the levels out? <laughs> no, I think I, my levels are maybe messed up. But that, that's this whole idea. They want to control the story of your faith, the among whole, other things. That's the whole thing. See, that's the, that's the world in a nutshell, is you have two narratives running. There's, there are saved two churches only. And Jesus is the spirit of truth. Christ is the spirit of truth, and he wants you to worship him because he gets to say what truth is. He is the ultimate truth. The devil takes the title Father of Lies. Usurper. Usurper. The war in heaven, he tried to usurp that throne, and he's still doing the same thing today. And he's doing a really good job at it. How is this teaching being received? (coughs) Very well. (laughs) Very well. Right, And, and it's... It's not just in the debauchery of the world that we usually refer to, right? When we talk about the world, it's being, it's, it's infiltrated every nook and cranny. It's everywhere. Narrative control is of the utmost importance because God only exercises dominion by persuasion, by kindness, meekness, gentleness, and love unfeigned, and by 
pure knowledge which shall greatly enlarge the soul. The devil does his dominion through unrighteousness, by soul sucking, by murder, by, by deceit, by manipulation. Mandates. Mandates. <laughs> Forcing people to act certain ways. Right. Or else punishing them. Destruction. Death. Fear of death. Fear of... That's, and that's what it all boils down to in this world. If you can't eat, it's fear of death, right? If you can't do this thing over here, it's fear. I, I fear that I can't provide for my family. I fear that I can't do this. I've, that will lead to death. Right. And fear is the mind killer, the little death. The little death it brings total obliteration. Wow. <clears throat> the metaverse. I think, we, I think we should table... <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm done. You, maybe you want to go ahead and, and uh, no, think, monologue for a minute, but uh, well, I, there's I think, a lot more to discuss here. I really do think we should touch on the yeah, transcendence we, and selfless movies. Well, this at is some the point. ultimate. This is the ultimate discussion. This is, this is the discussion. It's the, it's the, it's the battle of our lives. How do we save our souls? That's, I mean, that's the narrative from the very beginning. Yeah, and that men have been wrestling with forever. Yeah, is there something after this life, is, or is it just the metaverse? Right. It, you know. Well, are we willing to give away our our lives, our consciousness, our our souls to something that we know we know going into it is fake? What? Like the, the the metaverse and something like that is it's fake. There's it's the whole idea of like a shadow life, like you know where we we live this. We live underneath our station. We don't reach potential. We know, you know, you mentioned you, you've got these book ideas, but you're not, you're not writing them. I'm in the same boat, right? We all suffer from that to some degree where we think, I wish I could do more of this. I wish I could more, do more of that. Oh, but I've got to work and earn a living or I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Giving that, giving, giving who we could be and who we are over to this, this, oligarchy this parasite class is spiritual death because you will never be spiritually fed and nourished and and uh educated and edified in the in the metaverse or even you know something like it like they, no, that's not, to distract they're you. going to kill you they're going to kill you they're going to let you die on the vine right and as we discussed in the in the war episode a few times back you're here to prove loyalty to Christ. That's the only thing. It's not about a sin test. You know, we t remember mm -hmm. that it's not right. You're not scoring 65 on the sin test or 95 on the sin test or whatever. This is only about loyalty to Christ. And so, what are what are you given? What are you given to prove your loyalty to Christ? Time. Right. And so, getting back to Lord of the Rings, here's a quote. Tell me, tell me, Bobby, if this is in the books. It was in the movie. He says. Frodo, Frodo says something like this. They're lamenting. They're sitting down in one of the uh, mountain caverns trying to figure out which way to go. And Frodo says to Gandalf, I wish it need not have happened in my time. I mean, we could be sitting here saying the exact same thing because you've got to all consider yourselves Frodo, the hero in the journey. And you're also Aragorn at the same time. Or you're also Gandalf at the same time or whatever. But you're, you're playing these different roles. And... We might, we might wish that it need not have happened to us in our time, but Gandalf says, so do I, and so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. Right. I think that's in the books, but I, 
can't be certain, <clears throat> but it's well written enough that it probably came from Tolkien. Yeah, it's but it's you true. know it's interesting because a lot of people right rightly you know, uh, point out that Frodo is the hero of the story. But I've always taken a little different approach that Sam is the real hero. Uh Sam proves loyalty to the savior of Middle-earth, who is Frodo, a savior character, savior type. Mm -hmm. And Sam is the the loyal friend, the guy who sticks with him through thick and thin. Anyway, I've always liked Sam because I think he gets a little shortchanged. In, in, in pop culture, but in no, many I ways, think you're right. He's the hero of the story. I, I think I think there are a lot of heroes, and that's one thing that's kind right. of cool about Tolkien's writing. There is that you can find different people at different places of their journey in all of these. Right, there's a lot of great character uh, yeah. development in that story, in but the books you, and the movies. You have multiple Christ personas. You have Aragon, right? It, is it Aragorn? Aragorn. Aragorn. Aragorn is Aragorn's the dragon. A, bo- a dragon book. Excuse me. That's dragon back. Eragon is. It's taking the D and replacing it with an Something E. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was written by a, a young kid. That series kind of got a little crazy. I never read them, but my my boys have read, liked them. Yeah, that's pretty good. But um, yeah, so Ar- Aragorn, Aragorn, who comes from the north. That's important. He's a he has a an exception. He is exceptionally long life. He's the true king that has to return to the White City. He's a Christ figure. Gandalf is also a Christ figure. Mm-hmm. He's even killed and resurrected. He's killed and resurrected. He is the knowledgeable guy that brings everybody together, helps them on their journey. He's a wizard. He's a magi, magus. Um. So so you have multiple types of Christ there. Frodo is. Is Frodo cruci- is definitely crucified, yeah. In a way, Frodo he's, definitely he's he bears his death. He bears all the burdens. He climbs the the fiery mountain, <laughs> gives up. He 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 saves the creation by giving up the the power, which mm-hmm. is the the mortal. I think it's a symbol of power in the mortal physical world, and that is what ultimately What's the power. The ring is the power that these these idiots like you know yeah Schwab, and th- that's what they're after. They want that yeah. ring of power. It's it's all, it's very reminiscent of lectures on faith six, where he says, you know, what's required is the sacrifice of all earthly things, and it's the same sacrifice. Everybody has to sacrifice all earthly things, which means in the end you sacrifice everything. You have to be willing to leave this state to get out of it, which is the state inside of time, inside of death, inside of entropy, and. To tie it all back together, the people that are running the metaverse, they think that somehow inside of entropy, where they're trapped, we're all trapped here in entropy. You know, that's the cherubim with the flaming sword keeping us from the tree of life. They think that somehow inside of this state, they're going to be able to transcend and live forever in their sins. This uh, Last American Vagabond article says... The only thing standing in the way of this technocratic dystopia are the free hearts and minds of the world. And, and the author is right. And that's us. That's, that's the, the peasants, right? It's, it's the dirty masses, the dirty eaters. It's us. And, right. And, and, and we're seeing the free hearts and minds of the people stand up. And it's not getting a lot of press coverage, but a lot of people around the world are 
doing what they can. And, and, you know, we've said it before, we'll say it again, do what you can in your, in your sphere of influence in your life to stand up against these, these idiots, these weirdos, these demons. And pray. Yeah. The evil, the evil spirit teaches men not to pray. Pray for the return of the true king. Pray to the true God. And when he tells you stuff that's outside of your, you know, deeply held beliefs, when he, when he's trying to teach you things that are important and new and it are going to help save you. Listen, like you, <laughs> it might, <laughs> it might challenge the institutions of the world. It's not the Lord Bishop. It's not the Lord <laughs> stake president. It's the Lord God that you must come in contact like with. Joseph Smith said, when God commands, do it. Do it. I think Joseph Smith said Did that. he? Learn it. A lot that of it was might a hard be, lesson that he had to learn the hard, the hard way. It may not so much be doing as learning, you know? It might be right. changing your mind, changing your heart mind, repenting, going, oh, I thought this, but that was wrong. Oh, I thought this was going to save me, but that won't. Well, in the movies that we all love to talk about, the, the, these big epic battles between good and evil, good usually wins, but that's because there's heroes in the story that take action and do things and, and they sacrifice learn things and they sacrifice in the real world we are those heroes there's not anybody that's just going to swoop in and save us that's us we have to do it right and you have to do it all in your own way and in your own lives some some of some some people will play bigger roles and we will know their names and we will sing songs about them in the taverns a hundred years from now <laughs> Others will do so, you know, anonymously and, and just in small, subtle ways, but all are equal and needed. So be, as we always seem to say at the end of our episodes, be the hero in your story. Right. And listen, listen to God. Try it. Diligently seek. Look for the little evidences. Look for the little, little things. Because my family recently watched the movie Signs, you know, Mel Gibson, M. Mm-hmm. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Where all the things kind of work together to save them from the bad guys, the aliens. <laughs> and and they, God has set things in motion in your life, things that you need to figure out, little puzzles, little signs, and they are evidence of God. And then there's the big things too. There's the dreams, the visions, the communications. Those happen, but you've got to also be looking for the little things. You might have been a, ma- a minor league baseball player, not because you wanted to play baseball, but because God needed you to knock the head off an alien. <laughs> right. So to speak. So to speak. Yeah. It's funny how we yeah. see it's funny how we see discussion of this in the world around us everywhere, you know? Right. It just it shows up and people are always vacillating, waffling, going, okay, was that God or is it just coincidence? And you've got to diligently be looking and pray always and, and be thinking and looking, knowing that there's deception and counterfeit out there. And I feel comfortable saying God will respond, but the question is, will you recognize it? And will it lead to greater things? Will you, will you learn? Will you, are you the one looking for true messengers and greater light and knowledge by conversing with the Lord through the veil? Right. I don't know. Are you? Right. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks for tuning in and uh, apologize for my voice problems today. Uh, I'm not going to make any apologies. It's all right. My ideas and insight are so good. They cut right through that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, has right. been, this has been a fun podcast. We're, we're surely in it. We're surely in <laughs> times that matter. We are surely dealing with the epic battle and 
it is the strangest thing because you can't just go out and shoot people. You've got to keep your wits about you. You've got to live gracefully. Yeah. You've got to be, you know. What, you, a, what a time to be alive. And it's not just a what would Jesus do <laughs> question. It's, it's, it's never about what would Jesus do. It's about what would Jesus have me do. Right. right. How, That's a good distinction. You know what I mean? Because everybody's got to play their part. Okay, well, everybody have a great week. I, I appreciate uh, hearing some of the feedback from you guys that have contacted me. I would love to see a discussion going on the the website where more people than just me and you are involved in the discussion. But look, <laughs> that's up to you guys. I'm impressed. I'm just looking at the website that you found a Pez, a picture of a Pez dispenser of status. <laughs> All these, that's, pretty, that's great. Do you like my little subtext? Yeah. Candy, anyone? <laughs> yeah. You got Trump, Clinton, Carter, Nixon, but your but your but your vivid imagery was more was more like the Pez dispenser was dispensing status. Well, it does. It does. Yeah. So that that was a close approximation to what you were talking yeah, about. But uh, yeah, they actually literally ran a. Can you imagine being a person who buys those, thinking that it's awesome? Well, I remember being that person. Like, well, oh I yeah, there's dispensers. Those no, are but cool, I remember but... being the guy that's like, oh yeah, our institutions—they're honorable. They're right. right. Look at, you know, Abraham Lincoln. It's got got to be some kind of cognitive, just some, some a bad place. I think if you're buying no, politician. No, no, it's narrative. These people right, are, have right. internalized the That's wrong true. story. Uh, you got to, right. And I know you're you have right. empathy for them. I know you have empathy. <laughs> I, I've been there really. I, I've no, been, there. I, I know I, 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 we both have, I know f- for a fact that repentance is real because at least in a, some small way I've been through it and I can see that my former self would really not be listening to the mind virus podcast. I know these are, he toys. would be making fun of the mind virus podcast. I know these are little toys, but man, they, these guys look like dead eyed demons on these Pez dispensers. Anyway, go see that image on our website. It's episode 49 <laughs> it's, apocalypse, yeah. apocalypse. Now we're getting close to uh, episode 52. Are we going to do year in review on 52? Or are we going to do that close? Closer to Christmas because I think 52 shows up. This is 51. Yeah, so 52. Next, next week is week. next week is 52. Are we going to do year in review next week? It's this first week in December. Do we need to let it go another week? I think we should. Maybe let's talk off the air. Okay, I guess ways. we don't need to make all of our secret plans <laughs> out in the open. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, thanks Excuse again. us while we go we secretly combine. We can never combine. wrap these up quite very succinct, <laughs> succinctly, but uh, we're going to sign off. Thanks again for Take listening. Take care, everybody. We'll see you again we next time. We love you guys. Time.